Hello, welcome to the Market Weekly podcast. I'm Daniel Morris, Chief Market Strategist, and I'm joined this week by Olivier Monoyer, European High Yield Portfolio Manager, to talk about the challenges and opportunities in high yield credit. And Olivier, when I think about the outlook for high yield in your position as a portfolio manager, I guess I'd say, if I can use a bit of a cliched phrase, uh, it may be the best of times, it may be the worst of times. Now, on the positive side, I think we have accelerating economic growth or expected this year. Of course, we continue to have very supportive central banks. Governments are giving out money to businesses to support them through the lockdowns. Uh, but at the same time, you're facing historic lows for high yield debt. So in that environment, let's step back a bit. First question might be then, how did you navigate 2020 and the COVID crisis before we get to the outlook today? Olivier? Yes, thank you for giving me the opportunity to talk about uh, high yield strategies. Look, it, it was a very volatile year, clearly last year, and one that has provided active portfolio manager like ourselves excellent opportunity to differentiate themselves. And in this context, we think we did really well for our investors, generated good absolute return and even stronger excess return versus our benchmark. And in many cases, well ahead of our uh, competitors. Uh, in particular, we had started to de-risk the portfolio about the same time of this year, last year in 2020, so mid-February, after a very strong start in the very first few weeks of the year. Therefore, performance was quite resilient in the sell-off in March of last year, and we were thus very well positioned to add risk. So when we started to buy risk, we started to buy names and sector, mostly in the safer sector, so telecom, healthcare, and packaging, but the opportunity set to buy those very safe name and sector actually evaporated very quickly. So we had to switch gears and eventually buy the big names, but in more cyclical sectors. And notably the fallen angels, so the names or the bonds, the companies that have been downgraded to high yield from investment grade, those fallen angels in the automotive sector have provided perhaps some of the best trades in 2020. Uh, and, and in the last part of the year, around September, October, we put on really a vaccine trade, which was essentially buying the very discounted bonds in most COVID-disrupted industries, notably airlines and some other consumer-facing industries. And that has worked very well. So giving a very strong finish to the year in terms of performance, both on an absolute and relative basis. I guess uh, if, I, if I look back at last year, maybe in some places where there have been some detraction from performance is when we sold. And in April and May, we reviewed some of our companies and the balance sheet and because of their business profile. And sometime after contact with those companies, we decided that uh, we were not so certain where, whether they would make it through the storm. And we decided to sell maybe two or three occasions. But actually, we don't regret doing that because it was the right thing to do at the time, discipline-wise and risk-wise. And we were actually able to recycle that risk into much cleaner stories at very attractive valuations. 
And so far in 2021, we have continued to post strong performance with very good security selection. As you highlighted last year was very volatile. And of course, at one point, uh, spreads reaching quite high levels, uh, certainly not the case now. And I would imagine the challenge for you is similarly quite different looking for opportunities uh, when spreads are much lower. So for you, is there still value in high yield after the significant rally of the second half of last year? Yes, yeah, very good question. So, of course, the, the, the starting yield level are a lot less attractive now than they were than two, three, four, or six months ago. But we still think high yield as a good place in a portfolio, in a diversified portfolio. We still think it is attractive, especially on a relative basis, if we compare it to, say, maybe investment grade at near zero yield, or, of course, the stock of government debt at negative yield. But also, I think it's important to understand why we trade at, uh, at those levels. And we think we trade at those levels because we think there is a recovery coming in the second half of this year. And of course, this is positive for growth asset classes like high yield. But also, there is plenty of market liquidity from the central bank, which is very supportive for valuation. And this is not going away anytime soon. A way to approach risk in this slightly tighter spread is to think with the total return mentality, which is to say we look for pockets of value where other investors are not willing to go just yet because they are waiting for a recovery. They want to see the recovery before stepping in into the stories, and you get paid handsomely if you get if you are willing to go a little bit ahead. And essentially, that means the returns are going to be somewhat more difficult to generate this year. You have to do a little bit more credit research. You have to be willing to go into somewhat less liquid situation or maybe some less well understood situation where you detect a good catalyst. And that total return mentality means also being careful about negative convexity where small movement in rate expectation or spread, or even investor positioning can wipe out all of your carry. So it means cautious and sometimes underweight where valuation are a little bit more challenging because investor positioning has become a bit too crowded. So we are mindful of those pockets of richness in the market because we know that liquidity can disappear very quickly. So in a way, we are sort of creating a bubble portfolio which has quite a lot of very robust, liquid, short-dated, good carry story that we don't expect to generate a lot of return, but just do what they say, pay their coupon and pay us back the par. And at the other spectrum of the risk scale, we are going into slightly more difficult stories, uh, which requires some conviction. And we think this is going to be a year of alpha, more alpha than beta, and we think our record in that respect is good. Also, we are prepared to trade the range because we think spread are probably going to remain very contained in a tight range, and we want to be able to buy the dips. Now, if we think back to the sell-off last year and the depth of the recession, there were very vivid fears of a spike, dramatic increase in default rates. 
what's actually happened in terms of corporate defaults and should investors still fear defaults in high yield today? So default were actually very contained last year. Uh, there was uh, a few handful really of default situation. Um, some of those companies were actually doing really badly before COVID and maybe COVID has just accelerated the time to restructure the balance sheet. But going forward, we think that default count are going to stay very low. The distress ratio at the moment is around 1% or 2% in UPN high yield. And that tells you that there's going to be very, very little default this year. And we, we actually believe that. We were actually quite surprised to see a few companies that we thought might default. And they have found a solution with their shareholders or their bondholders to extend maturities or sometimes inject capital and essentially kick the can down the road a little further. So that has forced us to sort of reassess the equity cushion and equity valuation because they might be actually a little higher than we think. And right now, there is so much liquidity in the system that we think it's going Right now, there is so much liquidity in the system that it's really hard to see a default pickup in 2021. Where we think default may eventually happen or may be delayed is when many of those companies have added quite a lot of debt during COVID and all of last year. And some of those com companies will find out there is not enough of a recovery in demand for their product or services that the additional debt that has been taken on during COVID is just not sustainable. And they will have to find a solution. But we think the timeline of that has been pushed out in time, maybe to 2022 or 2023, when there will be maybe less liquidity in the system, maybe less QE. And kicking the can will be less of an obvious towards for the various parties. So that's when these companies will have to negotiate a solution with their bondholders and shareholders. And of course, our job as high yield investors will be to identify those companies and get out early because at current valuation, you just don't have any downside protection. I think it's very interesting that you highlight the increase in net leverage that we've seen, uh, but hopefully at least comforting in the short term uh, to hear that you don't anticipate that becoming a problem real soon. Uh, to end off our podcast today, one last question. Are there any specific themes that you are playing? Yes. So so we, would, we like to work around thematics and really try to connect the idiosyncratic view of a single name credit and to make it fit within a macro narrative. So some of the themes that we're working on at the moment, one is reflation, which means finding the companies that benefit from rising prices in metal, commodities, and energy. And when we sold the airline, we took profit on the airline in November of last year, we pivoted the portfolio more toward the sector. That reflection theme actually means also having a lower duration than our benchmark, and that has worked well so far this year. Another one is industrial versus services. I mean, you will have seen the PMI uh, came out, and they're much stronger for the manufacturing versus the services. 
And therefore, we prefer to invest in the industrial where we see a rebound. So that means autos, basic industry, and capital goods, and being somewhat more defensive towards services and consumer. The other thing is invest after a debt restructuring. So when a company has cleaned up its balance sheet, paid down its debt or restructured the debt or got an, an, an equity injection, that's when we want to come in because the balance sheet has been cleaned up. And in many cases, those companies also benefit from a good recovery in profit. A more recent theme that we've been active on is convertibles. Buy into the companies on which we are positive and we see a good catalyst, but the equity option embedded in the convertible bond is out of the money. And when that positive catalyst realizes itself, then at that point, the equity option becomes much more valuable. Um, so this is relatively small in the portfolios, maybe one or two percent, but uh, this has done really well lately. And finally, I think a theme that's going to be with us for a year or two is the rising star. So looking through our investment universe and finding the companies that will be upgraded back to investment grade. For those companies, we'll specifically look for the most convex bonds, which will benefit the most from that movement of the bonds moving from high-yield investor into investment-grade investor hands. And that is usually very positive. And the nice thing about this uh, that strategy is that we can actually reduce the overall credit risk of the portfolio and still have names that can provide high single-digit return potential. Thanks very much. Olivier, if I could recap a bit what you've shared with us, your characterization of 2020 was, I guess, summed up in one word, uh, and that would be volatility. Uh, but that's, of course, or often what presents the opportunity. And it does sound like you took advantage of that volatility at the right times to navigate uh, what was a quite challenging year pretty well. Uh, a certainly quite different environment as we look into 2021 with spreads far lower but you do still see high yield as attractive and certainly on a relative basis if you think about investment grade corporate bonds with near zero yields, uh, but still challenging to look for those pockets of value where perhaps other investors uh, still fear to tread and looking at particular investment themes such as reflation, industrials versus services, and uh, also looking at rising stars or those companies who could see their debt upgraded back to investment grade. But in all of this, uh, still requiring quite careful risk management, I would imagine. Well, that's all for today. If you have any further questions, please do not hesitate to reach out to your BNP Paribas Asset Management contact. My thanks to Olivier for sharing his insights. Please join us next week when I will be speaking with Gabrielle Wilson-Otto to talk about sustainable investing. Until then, we hope you stay safe and take care. This podcast presentation includes a discussion on current market events and is not intended as investment advice or an offer of products or services by BNP Paribas Asset Management.
Please keep in mind that the information and analysis in this presentation is only current as of the publication date.